0: That's who We're going to talk a little hoop right now. Denver off to a one-zip, best-of-seven NBA final start. Really throttling the heat last night in the Mile High City. We'll talk about that and more Pacer stuff as well from Valley Sports Indiana. Friend of the show, Jeremiah Johnson, joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Listen, I didn't expect the Heat to win last night, but I did expect a little bit more. It seemed like that everything the Heat had done as an eight seed in the East to get to that point went haywire for them with a much better team last night. You agree?
1: I think so. It would make sense that maybe they were just a little bit out of gas. I know a lot is made of the altitude, but anybody that we talk to when we make our once yearly trip to Denver says that it does affect them. And if you think about Miami, they had to fly to Boston for a game they had hoped to not have to fly to, and then they flew directly from Boston to denver and they are shorthanded right now consider the injuries that they've already had in this playoff series and even before that so it it was a little bit logical that denver would come out fired up you thought maybe miami's chance could be that denver was a little rusty to start with but denver is just a really well-balanced team right now and they're getting help from a variety of areas i still wouldn't count the heat out i think that's when they play their best Is when people say ah they're not going to be able to do it, and so I, I really expect a, a, a closer and more competitive game, too.
0: So Jeremiah Johnson, Valley Sports, Indiana is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. People are going to say, "Well, you know, that's the product that you cover. That's what you work." People are going to tell me the same thing. You know, that's your content. That's what you cover. Uh, I know this. We both love basketball immensely. This postseason, make no mistake, has been, I think, one of the greatest we have seen in years. Full disclosure.
1: Yeah, I think I think the unpredictability is what I've enjoyed the most, not the best. Now you could say that you still had uh, lower-seeded teams that had Steph Curry and LeBron James advance, and so that's that's the thing that I like about Denver is though even though they have a two-time MVP, I feel like they're more of a team based approach and they're a new face in the finals and that's what I particularly enjoy I wasn't even though the Lakers were what a six or seven seed and same with the Warriors I was looking forward to seeing someone different in the finals and I think NBA fans will embrace this new-look finals, and I think they also appreciated the fact that it had a little bit of a March Madness feel to it at times with a couple of buzzer beaters, and also this Miami Heat team, I I counted them out when they were down to the Bulls in the fourth quarter of the play-in tournament. I, I to be honest, I'm not a big heat culture fan, <laughs> but I, I've, I've appreciated what they've been able to do as an eight seed and as a team that many had counted out. So that is also cool. I mean, I remember when the Denver Nuggets were an eight seed, and I thought it was the most amazing thing ever that they won a first-round series. I didn't feel the same romance for Miami because they didn't feel like that big of an underdog, but to get to the finals as an eight seed, as a team that had to go through the play-in tournament, and then also, yeah, one of their best scorers and shooters, Tyler Hero got hurt in that first round series. I think you have to uh, appreciate the fact that maybe moving forward, you can enter the playoffs thinking anybody has a chance, not just two or three teams.
0: So, J.J., who joins us as well, I, and I, I agree. I think it's the unpredictability because oftentimes, J.J., especially with NBA in mind, fans kind of get, well, the feeling that You know, it's going to be the the teams in general. We always expect to be there. The stars in general, we always expect to be there. And, you know, you're talking about the unpredictability of wins and losses. And I'll also bring this up. I mean, I have seen as many road wins, I think, it seems, in this postseason for teams than we have seen seemingly in forever. It's been amazing.
1: Absolutely. I, that is a, a good point. And the one team that's dominant at home, and that will, we'll have to watch over the next two weeks, is Denver. And so we'll see if, if that if that can continue where we've seen the road teams have a lot of success. The other thing I was thinking watching even some of the hockey and some of the NBA playoff games, it does seem like a lot of clinching games go to the road team, does it not? Even even in the finals in recent years, so many times I feel like the championship ceremony or the conference final ceremony happens on the visiting team's court. That's maybe something to keep in mind, that maybe there's so much pressure on a home team where you're expected to win. And even if you let up just a little bit, you think, oh, well, the home fans, they'll help us out. Um, These guys that are on the road, they're not intimidated. They're not scared. And they go into these games thinking they can win. So that's why I think game two will be, it'll be fascinating to see Miami, what they have left. Will, Will Tyler Hero come back? Um, But, again, I think the way this uh, entire playoff series has gone and really this entire month and a half, it bodes well for the future of the NBA and even let's bring it back full circle. It brings it back to thinking the Pacers might have a chance to make a run sooner rather than later because of how wide open it does feel like the league is right now.
0: So we just get Miles um, and Matherin like hanging out in game one last night to hang out. Is that the only reason why they're out there doing their uh, Peyton Manning impression, or what?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I was shocked when I first saw the Benedict Mather and photo on Twitter that he was serving as a reporter during the finals because uh, he's just a rookie. He was a little bit shy at times, but I did feel like over the course of the year, he was better and better in the interview setting. But I just appreciate that because I'm going to need to talk to him on a regular basis. And I like the fact that uh, he's getting some practice and some reps. And anytime he can have a little extra bonding with a guy like Miles Turner, that's, that's, that works as well.
0: Nah, Yeah, I would agree, too. It, it just seems like this team, and I, we, we can say this about it, and, and maybe I have zero idea. You certainly would have more than I. But, you know, Tyrese Halliburton on the pre-race show with us this past Sunday. I mean, awesome uh, with what he did in the pace car. It seems like that this group embraces everything here locally, And also, most importantly, because we talk about this and it's probably an overused term, the culture of a team, it seems like a group that digs hanging out with one another off the court, too, which I I do think when it's real and it happens is incredibly important.
1: It did help last season that the team got off to a pretty good start. And I think that will go a long way towards that chemistry continuing so that the team was in a good mood early in the season they were you know building a foundation they were forging relationships and Tyrese Halliburton was leading the way and so it was great being able to travel again this season to be able to really witness and to feel some of that camaraderie it was tough for me to know from afar the two previous seasons and when the previous era of the Pacers uh, started to kind of go sideways. A lot of guys were injured, but maybe there wasn't the feel and the chemistry and the camaraderie and you needed a little bit of a reset. So uh, credit the organization for making the the decision when they did to go in a different direction. But I think even more than that, to really targeting and going after somebody like Tyrese Halliburton that you can put, as your face of the franchise and you know he's going to get along with the second player on the team, the tenth player on the team, the guy on the two-way contract, and he also respects the coaching staff and also... Um, He took maybe a week off, and from everything I've heard, he's been in the gym on a regular basis with a lot of the first and second year guys that were, uh, you know, you can't make them come in for workouts, but a lot of those guys were told I think it was in their best interest to be back and to go through a little bit of a a late April, maybe early May uh, workout session. And and it's those guys, and then Tyrese Halliburton's there as well, something he does not need to do. I know building strength was something that he made – a top priority for this off season so I look forward to seeing how he looks in a uniform on media day in October and September so he can go in and finish through contact just a little bit better because he can do about all those other things um, as good as you could ask for and maybe even improve a little bit defensively but I love the fact that from day one Tyrese has embraced Indiana has embraced Indianapolis has really uh, not run away from this role model, the space of the franchise role. And I think the players look up to him as well, and they enjoy playing with him. And that can help when you're trying to get free agents.
0: It's a, yeah, There's no doubt about that. And listen, J.J., this is the first kind of feeling like that, like what you just mentioned, that honestly we've had around here in a long damn time. Seriously.
1: Yeah, I often went, during the course of last season, I was comparing a little bit to that 2017-18 season because that was probably the most enjoyable start-to-finish season that I had. And I do think that the beginning of the Victor Oladipo era and while Sabonis was still young and really bursting onto the scene, and the veterans that you had, how well they complemented that group, that, that, that was a group that you probably shouldn't take for granted. That was one that came together way above expectations and a little quicker than anyone thought but it didn't have the staying power for a variety of reasons obviously the injuries but you had a guy like you know Darren Collison that was maybe towards the end of of his career and then Thaddeus Young maybe to play at an elite level was towards the end with the group you have right now you could see it lasting quite a bit longer and also with Iris Halliburton, the age that he has, the enthusiasm that he has, and it's all genuine. And I'm not going to say anything about anybody else, but I just, I really feel it like you're saying, as good as it's been in quite some time. And I think this is an era that uh, fans are going to enjoy. So enjoy following what they do in the off season. But I tell you what, I can't wait for the schedule to come out in August, and I can't wait to get back to work in late September. All right, you
0: talk about the excitement of this postseason. We both kind of alluded to that a little bit earlier. And Jeremiah Johnson of Valley Sports Indiana is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline Twin Peaks. Their grand opening is going on now with people entering the building here in Greenwood off of County Line Road. So do you think or do you expect, probably better phrased, the Pacers offseason to be equally as exciting as the NBA on the court offseason product has been to this point?
1: I think the entire NBA is going to be wild this offseason. If the coaching changes are any indication, I think fasten your seatbelts. When you think about you know, three of the four best records in the entire NBA and, and their coaches are dismissed, not that I endorse that, but it just shows how many teams are really trying to go for it. And they're not satisfied if they don't make a deep run. And so I think with that, you're going to have teams that have new coaches and maybe new leadership, and they're going to try to reset their rosters. You have the teams that have changed struggle a little bit that are bursting onto the scene that are going to have some really good draft picks and you have a team like the Pacers that's ready to take that next step as well and so I think it'll be a busy offseason the draft will be fascinating to watch but I'm almost as in, interested in what happens in late June and early July as I am the draft because I think there are some real possibilities there for this team to improve the roster and really make, make some headway that can help them when they start camp in September.
0: Well, I I, I phrased it kind of up this way a little bit earlier is that there, there are a couple of different paths, I think, that, that Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan can take. It's, it's one where you can continue to go, you know, in the direction you have been and utilize rookie contracts and, you know, that cap flexibility. Or you can utilize these built-up assets you've accumulated. And if you feel maybe the product, J.J., is ahead of what you're perceived before this started schedule, you can go out there and try to to maybe wrangle in some already producing at the NBA level product to go for it on a little earlier schedule. I mean, you do have some flexibility here, really both ways if you look at it.
1: I think what Kevin Pritchard said at the end of the season press conference is accurate, that they're going to try to thread the needle and not sacrifice the future assets and the the long-term goal of being a championship team and, and maybe what some of those young players can do for you, but also improve the roster. So you're not going to see them make a trade where you're giving up Uh, 26 27 29 and 30 they're not going to do that but maybe one of those future first round draft picks does help you get someone that you can plug in at the three or the four right now and make you a team that can really go toe to toe with some of these elite teams in the eastern conference and the entire nba and i do think they skipped a step i think it's and that's okay you know in their perfect world i don't think that they thought that even though they're picking seventh, and you know they weren't even in the play-in game. I think what they did is they found some things, and they're ready to maybe make that step a year earlier than maybe they would have thought when they are putting this entire thing together just prior to the trade deadline a, a year or two ago. So I agree with you. The draft's important, but I'll put equal importance on a veteran that, that you could see come in and start. on day one. That's just me thinking out loud. You have to have the right player. That player has to maybe have a willingness to want to join your team. Or, you know, maybe if it's someone that's on a contract that's expiring, that wants to, you have to go through back channels maybe and say, does this person want to be here? But if there is a fit right there, there's nothing wrong, I think, right now with adding one or two players that are ready to jump in and play right now along with adding a guy that could be a star in the future.
0: No, and that's that flexibility we're talking about. I mean, you, you can do really both here if you want, and you do it the right way. And that's kind of that's kind of what I'm thinking right here. It's funny when we had Chad Buchanan on about a month ago. He kept I kept alluding to next year. He would allude to next year and the year after, and then I would say, <laughs> "Hey, no, hold on, wait, wait a minute. We, we we uh I think this whole process is a little quicker than what you guys thought it was, because again, we always revert back to that December." And, you know, maybe that is somewhat mythical now, the fact that they missed the postseason the way we think about December. But it did happen. We saw the level they played. And obviously that was derailed. That was sidetracked because the injury to Halliburton. So this team has a lot more in it than I believe waiting, you know, through this year and into another year may advertise. That's my expectation if nothing else.
1: I think so, and then the fans are going to go into next season thinking when it starts, we will. We want to be in the playoffs. I think the one thing that you just have mm-hmm. to uh, you have to trust right. in the front office is they all, they don't want the playoffs or to be competing for a five seed to be. You know, the, the top of the line, and then have to reset and go again from there. And so, it's difficult if you if you go a little bit early and maybe you sacrifice something in the future. What do you risk? But I do think that that you're accurate. I can understand the big picture view from the franchise because they still want to be a team that's in the conference finals. It's playing uh, Memorial Day weekend and that has a chance to get back to the finals. You want to be one of those teams. You don't just want to get in the playoffs. But to me, it feels like the next step in that progression is to get into the postseason next year and, and I think that they, they probably need to add a couple assets to be able to do that.
0: Jeremiah Johnson, Bally Sports Indiana. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Appreciate those updates, man. Get yourself a little vacation rest, won't you?
1: Uh, I've actually been resting. I mean, I've had a few things here and there, but uh, I, I enjoyed getting the call with you today. It feels like old times and the fact that it's June and two months from now we'll be breaking down an NBA schedule, I think it'll. I think time will fly by.
0: Agree with you right there, my brother. I appreciate you. We'll do it again very soon, man. Thanks, JJ. All
1: right. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. How about we say go Sycamores, Hoosiers, and Cardinals on the diamond this weekend?
0: Well, I mean, I mean, we all got. I mean, you obviously started in Terre Haute. Uh, you yeah. went to Ball State. Yeah. You're in the state of Indiana. Uh, Ball State, not so much luck against Kentucky today. And I was flat afraid that I completely jinxed up the Sycamores uh, against Wright State. But they rallied late, got that win over Wright State. I, Wright State, I believe IU has West Virginia tonight after seven down in Lexington, right?
1: I think so. Uh, I watched a little of that Ball State game. Kentucky's a tough matchup, and uh, Ball State hung in. Yeah. But I'm, I'm happy Indiana State was able to get that win. I spent a lot of... Saturday, Sunday afternoon, sitting in the stands there at 01 to 04, shooting, waiting for someone to hit a home run so I can get some highlights to put on WTWO. So it's pretty cool to see them in <laughs> national seed and, and, and hosting games this weekend. It's uh, Jeremiah
0: Johnson on the Eddie Moore Automotive Group hotline. JJ, appreciate you.
1: All right, John. Take care.
0: I'm going to update you on a lot of things in a second, but i got to give away from ESPN Radio, friend of the show, Mike Wells, of the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline for the legendary Mike Wells <laughs> re-entry slow jam. Go at it.
2: And would you like to dance? These were all can He took my hand. We fell in love with the slow jam. The slow jam. Ooh. Well done. Hey this, is, hey, this is not the Usher version, though, is it?
0: Hey, what, what are you queued up back there, James? Pop on here.
1: Uh, that is slow jam by Usher.
2: There, there it is. is okay. Yes, Okay. 1997. Yeah. Byway. Look at that. That
0: is in the Mike Wells wheelhouse right there of slow jams.
2: Jay, sophomore yep. year in college. Sophomore year in uh. college playing that, so you know what was going down back in the day.
0: Uh, you were closing deals all over the place right there. Let me tell you. I was trying. I swung and missed a lot, but I did try. Well, let me tell you this. I'm always up there swinging at the plate. But back then, when I put in some Luther Vandross, the ladies knew what was coming. (laughs) And sometimes liked it. Most of the time didn't. So, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about.
2: Um, (laughs) Hey, hey, you are in heaven right now.
0: Yeah, it's not bad. a
2: a Twin Peaks on the south side?
0: Yes, you you believe that. But the love for Greenwood right here, the 100th Lodge. Of Twin Peaks, which is opening here down in Greenwood on County Line Road in Madison. That's pretty special. I know people were excited down here.
2: You do not have to go up to uh, 86th Street on the north side anymore. You are good on the south side, yes. hanging out with the peaks.
0: Yeah, it's a big deal down here. There's no doubt about it. We have uh, a lot of their uh, their folks and a lot of dignitaries around here to welcome in Twin Peaks. So yeah, south side location. A parking lot party begins here at 4. We've, uh, we're We've rocking inside at 5 o'clock, so we may never leave, Mike, to be honest with you. I may have to spend the night.
2: And it's only a short drive home for you in the morning, so you're good.
0: No doubt about that. Hey, by the way, too, Mike, before we get into what we're talking about, I wanted to get people updated. Indiana State and my Sycamore's come from behind. They rallied 6-5 over Wright State, College Baseball Regional, and Terre Haute, that was game number one. Game number one in Lexington, Ball State blanked by Kentucky for nothing. IU still to come little after 7 later on tonight down in Lexington. And a shout-out to U Indy and Millersville in the first round of the D2 baseball regionals going on in North Carolina later on today. So I wanted to make sure we gave everybody a lot of baseball love. Hey, Mike, I'm going to say this. I said this to Bob Lovell earlier. This has been an outstanding both locally in high school and then obviously, collegially speaking, it has been an outstanding spring for both baseball and softball around here. All right, a couple of things.
2: Uh, first off, have you seen Max Clark play, the uh, the, the stud? Have you seen him play? I,
0: I have not seen him play. I've only heard the incredible stories and the
2: legend. Yes, that and, you know, Laney Center Trojans. Yeah. Their baseball team doing things. Is Roncalli softball still dominant down there?
0: Yes. And, and, and Center Grove, I believe, in baseball, they get Columbus North, if I'm accurate about that, in the regional. I think Brownsburg, right? Brownsburg's yeah. in the regional too, correct? Yes. Uh,
2: Brownsburg is playing um, uh, Franklin Central. Yeah. And if might wins, it could be Brownsburg and Center Grove tomorrow, tomorrow evening. So that could be a good one. And, and back to uh, yeah. College... College baseball. What in the world's going on in Lexington, man? Those college teams having to stay in the dorms, no hotels down there in Lexington. Yeah. Well, you life? know how
0: they do. You know how they do in Kentucky, right? I mean, they they only have the occasional spot with indoor plumbing, so they had to find that first. But there's some um, there's some uh, I guess big country music festival going on, and I guess the NCAA awarded Lexington with a regional spot, knowing. That the hotels would be tough to come by. So yeah, the teams, the teams are holed up
2: in the dorms
0: playing that regional down in Lexington because of a country music festival,
2: allegedly. Hey, your boy from uh, who does radio down there from Kentucky probably set it up that way, man. The guy I did. not oh, yeah. That time that, uh, you know what I'm talking about? I can't can't remember. Yeah, his name, you guys don't co-host anymore dead. on ESPN Radio. You and Matt Jones. Yeah. Not, not together. It. I have not done a show with them since. I'm on, to, I'm on tomorrow night from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. I'm not sure who I'm with, but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I, think Matt, I think Matt Jones has a permanent show on Sunday mornings, if I'm not mistaken.
0: You know, if there's something that Matt Jones is more concerned about with Kentucky Sports Radio than it is, you know, any other products in the state of Kentucky, it's IE fans. I mean, it's always worried about what IE fans, what IU is doing, what they're not doing, what fans are thinking. That's like 1B. Anything Kentucky, and mostly basketball, here's what I love about Kentucky right now, man. Everybody in Kentucky wants to run John Calipari out on a rail now. That's hilarious to me. I love it. Absolutely love it. I want to run him uh, out he, on a rail. He can't get it done. So, yeah, it took, what, the better part of maybe three years to come to that conclusion that now he can't get it done. But, yeah, Matt, Matt Jones was always, was always kind of had a little side-eye view and was concerned about what IU fans were thinking. Because I remember that day, I think it was like a Sunday afternoon you were on with him. Yeah. Yep. And this is like a national show. And the first topic out of the gate that he brought up with you was IU fans and how they don't understand where IU is now in basketball compared to where it used to be. And I'm thinking, brother, this, this isn't like Lexington, This isn't like here. This is like a national show you're doing. So he has got a deeply rooted care on what goes on here in the
2: state of Indiana. Oddly enough. Oh uh, no! Not yes. And we talking about success. Props to Terry Moore and getting that new contract yep. today too getting, you know, cracking the million-dollar range. So she's done a hell of a job in turning that program around down there at IU and and, uh, what they're doing on that side of things. It is
0: a little bit odd, is it not, Mike? Because and and this is where, like, Mike Woodson, you know, is, is bringing in bodies. You know, Mike Woodson, you know, bringing in talent. Mike Woodson and company recruiting. But it still needs to get back. We still talk a lot more at times, about what the other things and the other level of success are going on at IU, which, by the way, is a good thing. Talking about the women's program being where it is right now, that's a good thing. You know, the baseball program at Jeff Mercer being down in Lexington, being back in the, in the, the uh, postseason in college baseball, that is a good thing. But now you've got to get – IU's got to raise that, that bar. And I bring that up because I was playing hoop last night at Center Grove with Ray Jackson. Of course, Trace's yeah. dad, and and that I mean, I'm thinking about you had Trace Jackson Davis a year ago who basically was a walking big-time double-double, and, you know, you're hoping to raise the bar even more And losing both that and Jalen Hood-Shifino. Uh, this is going to be such a work in progress. I think the early stages are going to be a little bit rough for this group, and hopefully this Mike Woodson and company can raise that bar with this squad this year? Because I think that's going to be, even what they brought in via the transfer portal, I think that's going to be more difficult than what people believe it to be right now.
2: Yeah, and here's the thing. You know, right now, you know, everybody's talking about how Trace is not, you know, probably won't be a first-round pitch and everything like that. But like you said, he was a walking double-double out there. And from a college standpoint, he was dominant every single night. So... People, once, especially when the Big Ten season is going, they're going to be like, "Man, we really miss Trace down here in Bloomington." You're, you, you you gonna, they're gonna miss them unless, you know, like you said, the guys from the transfer portal are able to step up and contribute in the type of way that Mike Woodson needs to, not wants to, ways that he needs to be. They need to be able to contribute next season.
0: So, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio on coming up tomorrow night, ten until one a.m. ESPN Radio nationally, and Mike is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group line. We'll stay in college basketball right here. Um, It was the ultimate decision we all thought would be made. But give me your thoughts on Zach Eadie coming back to Purdue. And I said this yesterday, Mike, you can play off of it, that nobody really cares what they do in the regular season, yet they have to be a top team. Nobody cares what you do in the Big Ten Conference Tournament, yet they need to win it. They really punched that clock of service in in the NCAA Tournament that's just the way that every Boilermaker fan is going to look at this with Edie coming back. Where do you slot them at the beginning, and where do you think they're going to be at the end?
2: Well, I mean, I think that you know, obviously with Edie coming back, they're you know a top ten, top maybe top five team, but they can go undefeated in the regular season, undefeated, win the Big Ten tournament, be a number one seed, and people are going to be paranoid that they get upset in the first round of the tournament. Because that's where they're at when you look at their history when the tournament comes. They they kick butt Matt Painter, who, you know, I've said a number of times I'd love him as a basketball coach in the regular season. But when a tournament comes, they continue to tinkle down their legs. And that's what has so many people upset is yeah, they're regular season champs. That's what they are. They can win in the regular season, but come tourney time, they don't know how to get the job done. And that's where the uh, Boilermaker uh,
0: face are thinking right now. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's funny. There are so many things that have to be seen to be believed. And we'll get to this coming up in a minute. And I brought this up at the top of the show because the Colts, Mike, are going through OTAs. I mean, you're going to have to see Shaquille Leonard play at a high level again consistently to believe that he can still be what people thought he was going to be, what the Colts thought he was going to be when they extended him with that contract and it's the same thing for Purdue. I mean, you go through this entire season, it is going to be a grind getting through it and being excited because obviously they're going to win a ton of games. They're probably going to win the Big Ten regular of the season, probably going to challenge, if not win, the conference tournament. But for Purdue fans, none of that matters. It matters to get there, but it's not going to matter until come March to see what that team does.
2: 100% correct on that one. You, you brought up a great point about um, Shaq Leonard. Everybody's like, okay, he's fine now, but can he get through the season? Can he play without injuries? What are your thoughts when you see these players post workout videos out there? Are, are, do you get excited, or are you, are you one of those, I need to see you on, on, on the field before I get excited? Yeah, twofold for me, Mike. It's
0: I want to see, because there's so little known about Anthony Richardson, I kind of want to see that. I'm interested in that. But as far as putting stock into it, I think there's not a great deal of worth to it. At the same time, I thought Mike Chapel brought up something really smart to me yesterday when he said, what I look for more than anything else is the availability, the injuries. And I think the simple fact that Shaquille Leonard from that, that back surgery, there is still that great unknown, and you don't, Really get led to believe by anybody from the organization that talks about Shaquille Leonard, that he's ever going to be what people expect. I mean, there's always going to be that huge doubt, that huge skepticism regarding him until, much like we're talking about with the Boilermakers in March, until you see it to believe it. And there's just... Not much more you can do right now. There's not much you can gather other than that. But I think looking at the injuries, who's participating in OTAs, that's probably the most interesting aspect of it, more so than seeing some of this film of what these guys are doing.
2: Yeah, 100%. And, you know, honestly, it sucks that Seth Leonard is, you know, um, is having to worry about if he can get through a season because we saw what he's like when he's healthy. You know, one of the best uh, players in the league, one of the best defensive players in the league. But my my concern with him is how is he going to handle things if he hits somebody hard or lands awkward on the back? Every time he goes down weird, is there going to be a situation where, oh, did he tweak his back? Did he tweak his back? And it may stay like that for the rest of his career, unfortunately. And, you know, you, you hate to see a guy of this talent have questions on what he has, for him. and then you know, I'm gonna be, be petty. Then we gotta listen to him talk about the media. Oh, you guys doubt me, blah blah yeah. blah. Using the media as motivation instead of simply wanting to motivate himself to be the best player he can be. I'm gonna tell you, I, I think that
0: his motivation and you know how he views you know so wildly what other people say about him. I think in him trying to get back to be even close to what people thought, even close to what he thought he was going to be, I think that plays a role. I think that, that can help. And it's He's utilized that his entire playing career, certainly, and he's utilized that to his advantage. This is the ultimate test of that, Mike. I think he needs that. I think he needs to soak up you and I talking about how we're apprehensive in our beliefs that he's ever going to be what – we thought he was going to be i think he needs to hear that more than he needs to hear well i'm chris ballard and i wouldn't bet against it i mean that's really telling us if it's telling us anything it's telling us yeah you know what i don't have anything to say right now but i'm really not a believer You know what i mean yeah. i wouldn't bet against it doesn't tell us anything but we really don't know what to expect moving forward i think he can utilize all this because he's done it so well not injury division in the past utilize this to try to feed on rehabbing and getting back if, again, if his health, if his body makes it worthy and appropriate of him being able to do it?
2: I hope so because the reality, they, they need mm. they need him out there, especially if Anthony Richardson is going to be the week one starter or he started early in the season. They're going to need as much help from that defense as possible because it could be a struggle um, out, out there. Um, the good thing about Anthony Richardson is nobody saw a film of him making horrible throws like they're doing down in Nashville with Will Levins. Will Levins is getting killed with his inability to throw the football um, down there with the Titans right now. Yeah. Yeah, and that's,
0: I mean, I, and again, I—I I just I'm curious about Richardson, but I don't put really strong thoughts into it you know until we get to training camp and then obviously I just I want to I just want him to prove that he's ready to start the season because I don't want to have to talk about how he's not because yeah. then all of a sudden I don't I don't care his youth you know I don't care well unfair unreasonable expectations the hell with that I mean you drafted him at number 4 I want to see the number 4 overall draft selection and your long-term future quarterback I want to see him hit the ground running. I don't want to be talking about the what ifs if he's not ready or if they deem him Mike not ready.
2: Hey, I don't want to be talking about Gardner Minshew, bro. I'm not coming on here on Fridays in training camp or during the regular season talking about Gardner Minshew. We we will talk about anything but Gardner Minshew if he's the starting quarterback week one. I right, we we I just can't do it. I love you, brother, but I I don't want to be discussing. I don't I don't want to be discussing him early
0: in the season. Nah, man. I, I completely agree with you. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. You can catch him tomorrow night, 10 p.m. until 1 a.m. In fact, after the JMV takeover, I'll be on my way home. I'll get to turn him on a little bit for that final like hour that. as I'm on my way home. So, yeah. I like hey, uh, my, my, girl, my girl Lainey playing this weekend? Laney and uh, girls are playing in Franklin, I think, tomorrow. So, okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing, but that's where they're playing, I think, tomorrow. Tomorrow and Sunday <laughs> in Franklin, so I'll
2: hey, head down I there do, with Lanny and Grace. I hope, I hope so. they win. That's all I care about. You guys on the road this weekend? No, nah, hey, luckily we're we're at home. We are um up in uh, Westfield, so uh, not not so ah. local. I am in Fort Wayne last weekend, and hey, um, I didn't get a chance to mess with you um that Friday. How was card day?
0: It was as advertised. It was. It's one of my favorite days of the year. It was wild, and I got to apologize to you too because no,
2: no, oh, we we, we were no. all over
0: this, we were all over the stinking map on Friday, and uh, that was my bad on that. So. Oh,
2: oh my God, brother! I told you, like I told you in the text, not a big deal, man. And I've had to cancel on you guys, so I just wanted to be on card day so I can hear how you sounded while you were enjoying yourself, and also you could tell me what. The people watching was like, what it was like looking at everybody all day long as they were sloppy, drunk, walking
1: around out there.
0: No, it was great. I mean, it was great. I always get that the picture of everybody at Pagoda Plaza listening to the show, giving me the finger. So that part was good. So we went over to see Brian Adams. That was fun. Now, honestly, Mike, it was was great. I did Saturday night, the JMV Takeover, new record. I went from 6 until 2 a.m. with endless amounts of phone calls. That's eight hours. Of all request music, which was great. And I uh, went out, Blake was with me, we went out, and um, I got 45 minutes of sleep in the car, and then uh, got up at about 5 a.m., went over there, 6 a.m. until 11, did pre race show. It was glorious, it holy. really was. Oh,
2: holy cow, man. So, yeah, man, it's, it hey, was fun. Hey, it's once, a year, it's one, it's once a year, so you gotta enjoy it.
0: Let me tell you this. Somebody had mentioned earlier, hey, I think you're the hardest-working guy. I, I'm not the hardest-working guy, but I damn straight have the most fun of any guy around. I can tell you that right now. I mean, nobody's going to have more fun doing this and doing other forms of radio than me.
2: You you can, you can say, you, listen, you, you are one of the hardest-working guys. I'm just glad you don't go around saying you're – the hardest working guy like others uh, used to like to do. So that's all I care
1: about, man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, before I let you go, one more quick
0: thing regarding the Pacers. All right. There are going to be decisions that need to be made as this draft, three weeks from, I believe, last night, um, approaches. So do you think that that Chad Buchanan and Kevin Pritchard, do you think they go the route of continuing to build with with young talent that's on a a rookie contract or – do they parlay some of these so-called assets together and believe that they're ahead of schedule and go after somebody more established in this offseason?
2: What's the path? I think that's the point right now. We opened this segment for the first time ever talking about baseball. Chad Buchanan and Kevin Pritchard need to be in the batter's box, and they need to swing for the defense. Go big. Go big now. Use some of these young assets to get – a player that can help get you in the mix of the Eastern Conference in the playoffs. You gotta, you gotta have, you you need to give Halliburton and Maden some help, and let's get another, let's get a guy and establish that they can help do that to help them get into the playoffs. Because this whole uh, being at the bottom and meaning, you know ninth or tenth or eleventh or twelfth in the Eastern Conference, I'm I'm tired of this, bro. They need to be playing in the middle of April, late April, early May. That's what they need to be doing next season. I'm there with you. Like,
0: here, here's the reason why I even bring this up. When I had Chad Buchanan on, and I mentioned, you know, how we got to, this, this process now has been expedited. All right, it's, it's been expedited. This is what people are going to expect because he mentioned 23, 24, and then 24, 25. And I went, wait, 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 wait a minute. All right, 24-25 is going to be a whole new level of considerations and expectations. Yeah, this is getting back. It, it's time. Like I mentioned, you know, punching that clock with Anthony Richardson, right, of expectations. You punch that clock this offseason with the Pacers here moving forward, and, and to me, You can have all these, this flexibility and the cap for the future and all these young guys. The hell with that. If you're capable of parlaying some assets and getting a dude that can help you in the present move forward, then I'm all for it.
2: Yeah, come on now. They've been talking about the cap and the future for years now. Yeah, let's Let's worry about current times right now. And props to Frank Vogel. He went from Paul George to who knows, who the hell they had in Orlando, to LeBron James. Now he's got Devin
0: Booker Yep. and Kevin Durant. Yep. Yep. Not bad. Not bad, gig if you can get it. Hey, Mike, exactly. tell my, tell my girl too. Layla to have a great weekend, and um, we'll see what happens. I, I got to take Laney and Grace to Franklin tomorrow, so we'll see what happens there. <laughs> so, uh, all right, I'm but, sure it'll uh, be fun. So I, I'll check in with you this weekend. You got it, buddy. I appreciate you, Mike. By the way, 10 p.m. until 1 a.m. Mike Wells, ESPN Radio, not with Matt Jones, but with somebody else.
2: (laughs) Exactly, brother. All right, I'll talk to you.
3: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips.
0: By the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, even further south right now. Friend of the show, getting ready to go on a lengthy summertime hiatus, which is so richly deserved from Indiana Sports Talk. is our friend Bob Lovell. Hello, Bob. How are you? Hey, John. How are you? Thanks for having me. I, you know what? Other than jinxing my university in baseball, I'm quite all right.
4: Well, you know what? Uh, It's why they play nine innings. So, uh, you know, don't give up yet. it's not good to be down, you that late. and uh, No, no. Yeah, so crazier things have happened, but I, I share your concern, no question. My
0: concern is fairly profound right now, Bob Lovell. <laughs> All right, got to give you a good send-off here because you're going to go off into <laughs> summertime hiatus-slash- vacation you know up until i jinxed the squad yesterday i was talking at length about how great baseball has been collegially. i mentioned ball state i mentioned indiana i mentioned indiana state collegially, and then you talk about baseball on the high school level softball on the high school level never has it been as good it seems on each level as we have seen over this spring here not only in central indiana but throughout the state you agree
4: no, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that uh, you know if you just look at the steady rise of the success of our baseball teams, uh, NAIA, U, uh, I mean, you had you had Taylor, Indiana, Westland moving on uh, in the NAI, had great years. You had uh, the UIndy story, which is a fantastic story. The number seven seed gets into the to the World Series. So. Excuse me. So and you look at that, and then clearly now uh, with with Indiana State and the run they've had, and uh, and it, it, the, the Division ones, the you know the Big Tens, the IUs, and uh, everybody. So yeah, uh, and we've talked about it. Max Clark, uh, yeah. tremendous, tremendous. Uh, Ron Colley uh, with their picture and the success they've had, and Ron Colley continues to be great. So on all levels, all the stories are great. I think it's a credit to to a bunch of great coaches around our state who are getting better and better, and these kids are out there just you know playing all the time and getting better and better. And people uh, are coming into our state recruiting some of the best players in the country.
0: So Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk joins us. We talk about this all the time: kids getting going earlier and having to you know concentrate on one sport uh, certainly here or there the top level and I, i'm an old fart much like you and i don't like that very well but <laughs> but do we see now the reaping of the benefits of when it is a solely one sport concentration here high school-wise. Do we, do we see that? And it, it's only going to get worse, and it's, it is I, I, it is few and far between, I think, Bob, for the future of the multi-sport high-level athlete. Right. Because I think, unfortunately, you, you get a spring like this, for example, is going to be proof of, hey, if you dabble in other things like we may have in the 80s or the 70s or the 60s or whatever, uh, you're not going to ultimately live up to those big expectations here. We're going to see that go away completely aren't we?
4: Well, I fear that. Uh, I mean, it's hard to kind of evaluate this, John, because, you know, on the one hand, yeah, we're having great success. We have tremendous young uh, men and women playing softball and baseball and going on uh, at the highest level in the college level. But on the other end of it, if you, in this age of specialization, your burnout rate for, uh, for youth league uh, and, and, and young athletes is in this nearly 70% yeah. range. Uh, you know that. You have, you have yeah. kids who are going through it, have gone through it, you, so you have that. Uh, you, if you talk to orthopedic surgeons uh, about the baseball players and pitchers especially, uh, the numbers of Tommy John surgeries continue to increase at an alarming rate, so – Again, you, you have uh, both sides of this that you have to think about. And quite frankly, uh, as a coach, as a former coach, I tried to recruit uh, student-athletes who were multi-sport uh, uh, student-athletes in high school. Because I felt like they had a great and well-rounded experience, knew how to handle things, you know, had their bodies uh, prepared for yeah. different types of situations. And I think the state, when you look at it, and you know, somebody will do it, obviously, when you get to the World Series or even to the NBA, you know, ask the number of those guys who were multi-sport athletes. And year after year after year, when you get to that level in professional sports and you ask the number of guys who were multi-sport athletes, the, the number staggering, most of them were for a reason. And so, I don't know. It depends on how you want to look at it, quite frankly. It's, uh, Bob Lovell joins us. By
0: the way, Bob Lovell did recruit a multi-sport athlete out of Perry Meridian back in 1983. Uh, yeah. And you had to really believe I in Mike it. Landis because when yeah. you saw that jump shot, there was no way in the world you thought he was next level with that old no. cranked-up thing right there. You had to be something else.
4: Well, how, here, well I'll tell you, there's something else <laughs> Was very simple. Was uh, He was a football player, and, uh, yeah. and everybody yeah. thought he was going to go play college football. And, uh, and we're the only ones that come in and go, hold on a second. Uh, we want you to play basketball for us. Because I looked at him and watched him play, and I've told you the first time I saw him, he was yelling at everybody in the gymnasium. <laughs> uh, he almost, I, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't yell at me. He was trying to fire up his team. He was upset at the, at the officials. He's, he's trying. He, you're talking about. You're looking at a guy going. Um, I, I want this kid. He's got something that nobody else out there has. Yeah, he couldn't make a jump shot with a piece of paper and a pencil. I got that. But you knew <laughs> that you put a kid around. Put him around other guys. You're going to win with somebody like that. And we were able to do it.
0: Well, and I love the fact you are you are so genuine, the fact that that was a great, great definition of calling somebody kind of a horse's ass right there.
4: That's well done. Oh, yeah. Well, I love well, it. I'm telling you. I love it. <laughs> well, we, there were many, as you know, you know me, I'm a combative kind of guy myself. Uh, yeah. We went at each other back and forth for four oh, years. Oh, I bet. And it yeah, I bet. Yeah, it was fine. Because you know what? We won a whole lot of games. (laughs) As you well know. A lot of those wins.
0: As you well know, I kid because I care. I'm a huge Mike Landis fan as well as a Max Landis fan. And, um, you know, Max has been playing overseas, most notably here still in Portugal. having a great career, still getting paid and paid handsomely with everything taken care of to play the game of basketball. I could not be more proud of anybody than I am of Max and could not be more happy of a friendship with uh, with Mike. But we do like to make fun of him because, you know, he just gives you that <laughs> opportunity, that ability uh, to do so. All right, anything stand out to you? What, what you're talking about tonight? And, you know, I know you're getting ready to bail out for a little summertime hiatus and vacation. What's on tap? What's the, on the agenda here, Bob? Well, I am actually
4: technically uh, on hiatus now, but I couldn't. you've already began. Okay. Well, hiatus with this show doesn't doesn't count. Okay. I'm glad. Thank you. Greg Ray straw, Jimmy cook are are calling uh, are sitting in for me this weekend. Uh, I'm sure they'll talk about uh, college baseball, uh, the NBA. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll talk some college basketball too. And, you know, it's a great time of year, John, uh, you know, I, I obviously um, Indiana sports talk is a grind through football, high school football, and basketball. But man, oh man, this is springtime, I love, I love everything about it. So, um, so I've I've already started. Uh, you got me out of the pool. Uh, you're one of the few people could get me out of the pool at this time of day and this time of year. So, uh, yeah, but people need to tune in. Oh, Indiana sports talk is on all summer. Some great young guys hosting, taking over for me, and I'll be back to start season number 30 on August the 4th.
0: You are spectacular, my good man. Absolutely. Spectacular! By the way, I love summer. Much like you like being by the pool, I I gave everybody uh, around my house today a little bit of a show because I'm out there mowing shirtless. This is shirtless (laughs) season for me. (laughs) I barely have one on right now, to be honest.
4: I hope there were no reported uh, automobile accidents in the neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the the, the gun
0: show was going on out there a little bit. Hey, by the way, too, you mentioned Tommy John a little bit earlier. Yeah. I don't know if I need Tommy John, or if I have what is called an impingement in my shoulder, I played a little hoop last night, I don't know, till about 11 or so. I can't lift my elbow above my shoulder here.
4: That That's problematic. That sounds like a shoulder issue. Yeah, that, that sounds like, I'm not a doctor, obviously, yeah. but it sounds like a shoulder issue, and you need an ortho guy as fast as you can because well, I, I need a to shot. Really
0: I know that Greenwood Orthopedics, they're not too far away. Can somebody slide by and give me a shot in my shoulder? I'll do it right here.
4: I'll do it. (laughs) No Uh, questions asked. You're going going drugs on the quick route. That's a way to go. Yeah. (laughs) I want
0: want to to numb the pain right now. So, yeah, if my friends over there are driving by and you've got – I don't really care what it is. Just go ahead and shove that needle here, and uh, we'll see if we can get some work done before 6 o'clock. How about that?
4: I, I wouldn't anticipate anybody knocking on your door anytime soon for that but it, it's a great thought <laughs> yeah I, is, is that against regulations can you oh, do that if you're team. a doctor yeah just a little bit you might want to consider the fact that you're not as young as you used to be and i know you hate to hear that but you might oh, want to give it. that some thought well
0: i'm thinking you know they're having the grand opening here at, at Twin Peaks, it's the 100th location to open uh, with the franchise. And my thought was, you know, how about you got the festivities in the parking lot right now? Giving me a shot of drugs, I think, would just kind of add to the festivities (laughs) of the day, (laughs) would it not, in this grand opening?
2: Yeah. Well,
4: yeah, but in this litigious uh, society in which we live, um, I don't see that happening for you. You might have to go, uh, you know, a different route with that. You might have to. Contact some people from back in the day and see if they can help you out.
0: Have a fantastic vacation. I cannot wait for you to be a part of this show once again for your year number 30. We love you, Bob Lovell, uh, as much now as we ever have. Have a great vacation. Get back here stronger than ever, and we'll talk again when the footballers are flying around, okay?
4: John, you're very kind, and, uh, you know, I love you, too. Love everything you stand for and everything you do. I wish you wouldn't work as hard, but you don't listen to me. But let me say it again. Take care of yourself, and thanks for what you do for me and for my show.